Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Bandroom Podcast. My name is Dylan Maddox, and I still hope that all of you are keeping cozy and safe inside of your homes during these crazy, crazy, crazy times. This is now the perfect time to listen to a podcast. And guess what? We have a really great one for you today. Um, But before we get to that podcast, I have to let you know about a very exciting endeavor. Before I was hosting the podcast, I lived and worked in Toronto as a freelancer, freelance trumpet player, and I had the great opportunity of playing in the Hogtown Brass Quintet, and I just want to let you know that they are offering free 30-minute lessons to any student from beginner to high school level to help assist through the COVID-19 shutdown. Lessons are offered on whatever platform works best for you, FaceTime, Google Hangouts, Zoom, etc., so that means that You don't have to be in Toronto to have these lessons. You could be in BC, you could be in PEI, you could be in Brazil. Doesn't matter. Trumpet, horn, trombone, and tuba. I can't recommend these fine musicians enough. All five of them are fantastic music educators, and I know that you'll get a lot out of your lesson. So, if you're interested in more information, you can contact Jay Austin at j at hogtownbrass.com. That is j-j-a-y at hogtownbrass.com. Do it. And while you're doing that, please do me a huge favor and head over to iTunes or whatever podcast app you use to listen to fine podcasts like this one and give the Bandroom podcast a rating. Maybe, maybe even a review. Because you know what? This really helps get the word out to others. And, you know, I know something. I know that a lot of people have a lot of time on their hands. So now there's no excuses. Get over there. Give us a rating. Give us a review. You can even listen to the podcast first. That might be recommended, so do that. As I've mentioned many times on this podcast, I'm very, 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 very lucky to work with some fantastic people, and today's guest is no different. My first encounter with him was actually as an undergraduate student, hearing his music and seeing him conduct the National Youth Band of Canada in Sackville, New Brunswick. Since then, we've been able to adjudicate together in Atlantic Canada and Ontario, a highlight of my year every year. Uh, His energy is infectious, he's one of the hardest working people in the biz, and his passion for teaching is inspirational. So, without further ado, we welcome Jonathan Dejeuner to the band room. in this new uh, COVID-19 world. And uh, I know you're, uh, you're based out of Montreal, Jonathan. And, and is, is this where you were born and raised? In fact, I'm, I'm, I'm living there now. But no, I was born in Laval, which is a city uh, on the north, north shore of Montreal where I did my elementary school. And then we moved to Saint-Jérôme, which is up north, even like 40 kilometers up north of Montreal, where I did my high school. And then I came back to Montreal to do, uh, I, I, I moved to Montreal to do all my Cégep university and grad studies. Wow, wow, wow. Oh, that's a lot of moving. Yeah, especially that I moved from Laval to Saint-Jérôme right at the change between elementary school and high school. Right. And, and where, when did your, uh, your musical journey start? Do you, you come from a musical family? No, n- I would say not at all. But 
I, let's say I'm the only one pursuing a career in music, and but I always, as long as I remember, I always had a natural tendency toward music, toward uh, listening and, and almost composing also sometimes. I remember myself um, when I was in, high, uh, in elementary school, we had like basic music uh, classes every week, and it was one of my favorite part of the school because I remember we had those, uh, all those uh, orph xylophones everywhere and a lot of little uh, auxiliary percussions, and, and I was always fascinated by rhythms by learning to to read those those uh, half notes uh, quarter notes eight notes there and i remember i always had a good natural rhythmic sense and a good hearing uh, um, when i was in, in elementary school even if no one in my family did music but my father listened to a lot of music he was a huge huge fan of progressive rock music mm -hmm. and he was all always in the house listening to some Pink Floyd, Genesis, Yes, Supertramp, etc, uh, etc. Et and that kind of sound was always in my, in my childhood. But I remember being always fascinated by music when I was in elementary school, even if we had basic music uh, lessons like uh, there's been one uh, a little anecdote that comes to my mind is where I think I was in grade eight or something like that and we were doing a little christmas show uh, mm -hmm. on the classroom and i decided to take a little orf uh, a little orf xylophone and uh, and i wanted to play o okay mm -hmm. you know this little uh, christmas song and i remember i started on c so i was doing c f f f g a a a a g a b a g a b and i was like i was i didn't know that was the, like a little mode and was like something is wrong da, 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 da. and then i asked my teacher in the music room can i can i go in the box where we have a lot of of little mallet uh, replacing mallets and i found the b flat which i didn't know at all it was a b flat and i replaced it on the xylophone so i <laughs> so it's one of the first anecdotes i remember that i had a natural uh, natural sense of hearing in music and then uh, after that, I remember my, my parents, when I was in uh, elementary school, bought me a little basic, like cheap organ, like two octave organ with little okay. sounds that I had a lot of fun playing. So that's, that's as long as I remember being introduced in music uh, for myself. Yeah, so even, even from an early age, you were already arranging and composing and changing things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can say, we can say, but I remember, I, I remember, I found it so funny that I, it felt for me like the B was a wrong note. I say, how come, how come there's a wrong <laughs> note in O, and bomb, and then, no, this is the right note. And I didn't catch at the time what I was doing. It's all subjective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then, uh, so, so that was your, your, early, your early start. And then when we, since we are on the Bandroom podcast, when, when did that start, in your journey into the ultimate medium that is band? It wasn't on high school. In high school, I, like I said previously, uh, between elementary school and high school, we moved from two cities. So I lost, basically lost all my friends uh, that I had in elementary schools. And then I began in a new high school in a new city, no friends. And I remember after two weeks, uh, two weeks when we started the year in grade seven, there was a little sign on the on the door saying, eh, band, uh, come to play in, in the in the school band. And it, I joined it. I, I first tried clarinet and um, it, I, I dropped it after 10 minutes. Good <laughs> and, I, and I switched to trumpet first. <laughs> I switched to trumpet and I remember it was like a basic, basic um, young band. We only had saxophone, flute, clarinet and uh, drum and uh, one, one tenor sax, which was really special and trumpets, uh, trombones also. And we're playing like homemade arrangements by the teacher. But 
at the school where I was going, the grade eight band was a completely different band. It was like a, one of the special feature of the school. It, it was a nice big music pro band program. Uh, if you wanted to go there, you had to apply in the summer before going into grade eight and you had to take lessons during uh, private lessons during the summer to be ready oh, okay. to give a, a concert. Like on the second week of September, you had to give a concert. Like it started bang, you know, in front of the school. Um, and we did some trips. So that's where uh, everything really started in grade eight. And I had a wonderful teacher there. I remember he's no longer teaching music. He's in, uh, I think he's in uh, BC now. He's a Canadian. He's in BC working for the gov government there. A uh, wonderful leader, and he's one of the first uh, teachers that uh, I really, 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 really uh, uh, loved and, and really uh, uh, transferred me the love for music there, and band music especially. Yeah, and uh, was, there, was there anyone else and that, that was a real kind of a early inspiration to you? Composer, students, teachers? Those? Oh, I know you just mentioned. Uh, there was, yeah, the... Yeah, my, my, my grade eight teacher there was uh, another jazz teacher I had in, a, in grade nine, 10, and 11, because when I, uh, when I switched school to, to senior high school, I did two programs at the same time, like a band program and jazz band program, which I was playing two different instruments. And that jazz band teacher also was really nice. He, 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 he taught, us, taught us a lot of nice uh, music instinct of reading and things like that. But it's also that uh, during those times is when I discovered by myself uh, classical composers. Mm -hmm. So uh, I bought myself some CDs uh, at, at the times of I discovered Beethoven, Stravinsky, Rimsky-Korsakov, Mahler, Bruckner also, and I was what is that? And then I I really <laughs> enjoyed that, and then I was making some. Uh, and what's really funny is is that I was um, still listening, and I'm still now also uh, to like uh, progressive rock music because I was really influenced by my father with that, and I was doing some comparison i remember i was like ah this chord progression in symphony number three you know i, I was i was doing some comparison uh, there that i that i enjoyed uh, so i would say like in my high school it's when i i discovered by myself all those composers right yeah and that's it's really wonderful and and, and it's I've, I've talked to music teachers about this that are so lucky to get students like that that have their own personal curiosity that kind of chase yeah, after yeah. Other things by themselves, mm -hmm. which is great. And yeah, then, because I would I would say I didn't have a lot of, of music pushing in my in my background in my family and things like that. Uh, uh, it, it it was really a personal curiosity by myself mm -hmm. that I developed by myself main, mainly. Right, and uh, and then <clears throat> as you mentioned. Uh, uh, whenever I, talking about your your upbringing, your musical upbringing, and uh, in, in Quebec we have you have uh, the Cégep. So you uh, was it from there? There you decided, uh, hey, you know, I want I want to try this at uh, a more advanced level at uh, university. In fact, a bit before, because uh, the Cégep in, in, in the Quebec uh, education system is what I would call the elementary university. Okay. It's kind of elementary university or junior junior university. So you once you choose a Cégep program, you're already beginning your professional life. So it, it would be in grade 10 and 11 that I chose, I chose uh, it was obvious for me that I wanted to go in, uh, in music. And I remember all my friends in high school were like, oh, Jonathan, you're going to apply in the music program in this city. And I remember <laughs> something really fun, funny. Um, the day that we had to fill, fill out the form to apply in, in a CGEP, I choked 
and I applied in computer science uh, <laughs> because, you know, uh, yeah, every, because everyone around me, not everyone, but there was a lot of influence around me saying, don't go uh, study music. You, 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 you won't have food. You won't have no money <laughs> if you want a future and uh, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, when we we're younger, we're, we're easily influenced sometimes by that, by, by that kind of, uh, of uh, conversation. So I remember the day, the day that we had to fail, I choked. And even after that, my friends were like, no, we, we, uh, I'm, uh, you're lying. You're playing music. You're lying. And then they saw me going with them in another CGEP in computer science. And they were like, Really? You did the switch? So I've got a complete computer degree science <laughs> in, oh, wow. in the, at a CGEP level. Yeah, but like programming from uh, late uh, 90s. So it's, I'm not <laughs> quite up to date. <laughs> yeah. Like my internet and then, connection uh, you're making fun of. Yeah, the dial-up <laughs> connection. <laughs> wow, I had uh, By the end of that... Um, and, yeah, no? and by the end of that music programming um, uh, degree, when I, I wasn't uh, doing like uh, working in a company like, like, at the end, I, I'm like, no, no, there's no way I'm going to sit from eight to five in front of a computer screen in the office. So I, then I, I, I decided I'm going into music and then I switched back to music. That's why I'm kind of three years late in my, uh, in my uh, studies <laughs> if I follow the, the normal uh, right, right. curriculum. No, no, the path to success is like this, not like this. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> but still, <laughs> still yeah. now I use my, I, I still use a lot of my uh, computer uh, programming degree in, in, in websites and things like that and the way I conceive a, a program something sometime. Oh, wonderful. And, uh, and then whenever you did go to university, you were at uh, University of Montreal uh, first as a, as a composition yep. major. And was it, did you, was that right out of uh, Sejep that you knew like I want to go straight into composition. In fact, it's it's more like a um, a jump, in, uh, like like a, I'm, I jumped like this in composition because in music I was always fascinated by a lot of things, by composing, teaching, singing, uh, playing, but especially teaching. But I always knew that I wanted to teach. Uh, I wanted to to have a lot of uh, how can I say that a lot of music knowledge and background before going, uh, before teaching. And for mm -hmm. me at the time, the, 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 the Quebec um, music education programs in uh, undergrad music education programs were not offering me what I wanted as a music background uh, before teaching. So I wanted to go deep in, into an intense uh, undergrad uh, music program. So I chose a composition at the University of Montreal, which is a an awesome composition uh, music program there with a lot, lot of different perspectives and things like that. So that's why I chose to go into composition. But at the same time, I always enjoy uh, uh, composing, finding chords and things like that. Right. Oh, great. And, and uh, was, because certainly uh, m most myself and others know you as, I don't want to put you in a, in a hole, but uh, as a, like a, you know, mainly composing for band. And we're going to talk about other things that you compose for especially now, but um, when, even in those early stages, if, is there, is somewhere, is there a Jonathan Dejeuner string quartet or something like that? <laughs> uh, no, I've done, I've done some string arrangements, uh, some things like that, but I'm mainly a band composer because obviously uh, I, I fell in love when I, when I was in high school with that color, with that sound, with that mm -hmm. type of, uh, of writing. 
and yeah, but yes, I I, I can com I compose also for uh, percussions and cymbals and things like that are arranged. But my main area of composing and is is the the, the wind wind orchestra com composition. And for me, it's a really important, in fact, important part of composition because it's a specific ensemble color, which is really not the same than a symphony orchestra mm -hmm. uh, composition technique or, th or things like that. And sometimes I and even sometimes I, I have got friends who compose a lot for. A symphony orchestras and then try to compose for a, a concert band or, or win an orchestra and they, they they struggle because they realize oh it's not the it's not like the little brass and woodwind section of a of a symphony orchestra you have to think in a completely another way when you compose and, and you want to achieve those colors and things like that mm -hmm. and it fascinates me the, the... yeah and would you mind kind of uh, maybe speaking a little bit about your compositional process, like where you start, do you, are you at the piano? Or are you on the computer? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's, that, that, that's something that I struggle a lot. I'm not, uh, how can I, how can I, would I say that I'm not a really highly disciplined composer because I'm, I'm doing so many projects and things mm -hmm. like that. And at, I would say at first, I'm a harmonic guy. I'm really a huge fan of harmony in my life. Uh, it can be tonal harmony, model harmony, modern harmonies, and even atonal harmonies if we can say but for me it's always been a part of expression because we can have as uh, as listeners uh, music and uh, depending on our music knowledge um you can't you 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 may be somewhat uh, you may be a how can i say that i have some google translate problem now <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can like if you don't have uh, any music reference you can still feel the expressive uh, impact of a chord, you know, as as a, as a listener uh, with all our 300, 400 uh, background of listening to tonal music or modal music. And it's really nice for me to transfer the, the this kind of impact because for me, the melody, I, uh, for me, melody is a light, is like a ray of light, a melody. And the harmony is the color that shade mm -hmm. this light. So I, I always begin my composition thinking about a huge harmonic world, a harmonic atmosphere, a harmonic uh, uh, draft, uh, as I can say, in what kind of harmonic world do I want this to go and what will I use as expressive tools? And then I, I construct the melody going with that. And in terms of more like straight composing, I always, almost always start on a, on a paper staves where I use eight staves, eight staves, 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 yeah. I use uh, high woodwinds, middle woodwinds, low woodwinds, high brass, middle brass, low brass, and two staves for percussion. Oh, yeah. And starting from that, I extrapolate after that, I do some doublings and things like that. And I use my piano, for sure that you can see here. Uh, uh, I use my piano to 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 find the chords and and I always always try to hear my orchestration in my head, not using the uh, like uh, the, the different softwares, MIDI, uh, MIDI MIDI sounds and things like that, because I force myself to hear those sound ears. Those the, the always going to sound that octaves between the trombones and the trumpet. That's this kind of laser sound that <laughs> you can. So I I. I, I I try to achieve the to to hear uh, and advance those sounds. So that would be my composition process, uh, uh, my main basic composition process. Oh wow! And it's it's really interesting if we go back to what you were talking about your early music influences and and hearing you know all the music from your your dad and then all the composers you were talking about. Um, because whenever I hear your music, I I always think. Jonathan is such a musical chameleon. Like I, there's an, uh, examples of different, really jumping into different styles and symbol folie, which is, you know, that, that yeah, yeah, jazz yeah. section in the middle. And then, and, but also 
your knowledge of all these styles uh, and you're still able to keep your own voice through it all, which is really yeah, a wonderful yeah, yeah. thing. And uh, one thing I really wanted to ask you about uh, was um, just maybe we have some composers, young composers or, or composers in general listening. Um, and what, what happens if you ever get, you know, stuck on an idea or you, you don't know where to go? Um, is there any part <laughs> of the process that's, that's a little trickier oh, for you? <laughs> that's the story of my life because uh, it, I, I really love, I really enjoy composing. I love composing, but it's so hard composing for me. It's it's hard because it, it's a deep, deep artistic, intellectual, artistic, creative process that get, that requires a lot of energy. And I'm not a job composer. Meaning, I cannot say, okay, this morning I just woke up. I wake up. I'm gonna do eight nine to five. I'm gonna compose this piece. No way. If like I'm not creative or I'm not like I'm not I'm tired and there's nothing I'm gonna compose crap so I, I, I say no I'm gonna go play video game I'm gonna go play video game today but in the opposite I can I can wake up in the middle of the night and this is a wonderful idea and then I go to my piano I write some things and my wife is like what, what are you doing it's 3 a.m. and I shh, 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 I'm composing <laughs> and something like that so it's really difficult for me and 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 especially and I realize that now because as we know this the current situation where everyone is quarantined at home and and I've lost I've lost all my my gigs and projects and, and everything so uh, my creativity is now like this because I only have that to do you know I don't have to think about a project about I'm, I'm not worrying about oh this gig is upcoming I have to prepare this document 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 so I'm like whoo all, all, all my brain is, is is free for creativity and thing and so now I'm more currently I'm more like a job composer <laughs> I do that <laughs> like I'm gonna talk to you after yeah. so yes it's very difficult for me and sometimes I know as a composer and arranger I've got some deadlines to to follow and sometimes I get really anxious about those deadlines I'm like oh god I have to do 32 other bars and I'm stuck <laughs> I'm stuck but my main my main uh, tip my main tip would be when you're stuck stop just stop just stop don't try to push it because uh, what I in fact for me when I do this when I, I let's say I'm not creative enough I'm not inspired and I try to compose everything I'll know that I'm gonna write won't be authentic it will be like uh, it will be forced music or music directly copied paste from something else I've heard or something right. like that instead of being authentic and and I, I sense it I sense it instantly when I'm attempting I'm having fun the time goes so fast and I'm I'm like oh yes this idea with this idea and then I'm playing it on piano and yeah uh, so that's that would be one of the the greatest difficulty for me the second greatest difficulty would be when I'm composing um, uh, in fact, no, the, the second difficulty, it would be in normal times with all my other projects, it's hard to find times, let's say, like I said, I cannot say, okay, this Thursday, I'm free, I don't have any teaching, nothing, I'm going to compose. No way, I can't do that. It's going to be a coincidence right. if it works, because I'm unique creative this way. And also, when I'm composing for young bands, meaning grade 0 0.5, grade 1, grade 2, it's so hard it's so hard but so fun at the same time because you have this latitude to be expressive and creative you know it's like being stuck on those walls in a great one and hey come on do something creative and you have to walk in this uh, in this space and you have to to follow a lot of rules uh, and about you know about technique about registers about uh, the clarinet break and things like that and at the same time you have to do something interesting something pedagogical something creative something artistic with this space so it's 
it's hard. Every time I finish a grade one, I'm, I'm exhausted. I have to go to Cuba <laughs> for two weeks or something like that. Not anymore. <laughs> and in fact, yeah, not anymore. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I, I love to compare that to, you know, uh, like those um, tonal harmony classes or tonal counterpoint classes we take in undergrad classes, mm. the basic classes where you get to follow the rules, uh, really the rules and learn the rules. And after that, you can just take those walls and let go the rules. When you understand a rule, you have all the arguments to break that rule. It's the same thing for me composing grade one, two, and three. I follow those rules. I try to be as creative as possible because, you know, when we think about this, it's for sure it, for me, I find it easier to compose a grade five, a grade six, or a huge piece because you have all the latitude you want. You have, uh, you have the, the, those millions uh, pencils of, uh, of creativity you can use instead of having five colors and with five different uh, uh, sharp sharpening tools, you know, if I, if, if I can use those images. Yep. So yes, th that, th those would be my, my, my two main uh, difficulties when I compose. Oh yeah, no, that's, that's really great. And you even, you jumped into something I want to talk about, which was uh, writing for different level groups because so often you talked about being a, a career composer and I'm not going to go on to name names because we'll get ourselves in trouble. Um, but it's so easy to write, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy to write, a, a, you know, a piece a week, which we'll talk about, but, um, but yeah. and really becoming uh, repetitive or, you know, given someone a really sucky part, uh, like fourth cornet or, or something like that. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so uh, it's really, it's nice. It's not nice. It's great to hear you talk about um, just how hard it is for you and how important it is for you to kind of put these aspects, these really great um, performance aspects in for students and, and learning aspects to your pieces. And it's not just, you know, a piece to, to, yeah. to make them. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's so important because for many, many, most of them, it's the first contact they have with orchestral music. So why we have, uh, in, and like I said again, in this space to give them a little bit of everything that we find in huge symphonies with great composers, like artistic aspect, uh, expressive, expressive as aspect, even if we have to be stuck in this, you know, so, but it's hard, it's so hard, but at the same time, uh, after composing a piece of this level, I'm, I gain more than composing like a 20 minutes to grade five piece. I yeah. personally, I gain more from that. I'm like, whew, okay, that, that, that is it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and we were, we were talking about this before. And I think that during this uh, very strange time, you've talked about how, you know, all of, all of our gigs are canceled. Um, cause we were supposed to work together <laughs> twice this year and then both times yeah. ended up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I, I feel like during this time, even myself, I, on my students, I say, oh, use this time to be productive and improve yourself and all of this. Um, and, and you've uh, done this in an interesting way. Can you mind talking about your COVID composition project? <laughs> in fact, it's, 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 oh yeah, it's a project. I can say that it's a project is, is that, like I've said, because I'm stopped and I, I get all those creative, uh, uh, this, I'm really inspired if I could say. So I'm, I'm going to say, okay, it's time now. It's been, a, it's been some few years uh, that I wanted to, to like cut a bit of my projects to compose more, like I've said, grade one, two and three for young bands, because I've composed quite a few uh, grade four or five and things like that. And, and, and it's been a while. And, and especially now that I'm with Alfred Publishing, I said, okay, I have to compose more uh, young band stuff. So what I decided to do is when I'm inspired, which is most of the case not now during those time, I'm trying to compose one piece per two weeks or maybe three or one, depending on the level. And 
I take like free commissions, meaning if a teacher from a school somewhere in Quebec in Canada say, hey, my school would like and this nice, uh, we have this nice, I don't know, this nice uh, uh, tree behind the school, which is a symbol of blah, 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 blah. And it would be nice to have a, a this, this, this. So if he sends, if that person, that teacher send me, sends me like, I want this grade, uh, this, this, this would be the ideas, the theme, uh, this would be maximum like three minutes. And every two weeks, I. I, I pick one and I said, okay, here's your free commission. I compose that. And eventually it's going I want to publish those pieces. So for me, it's like, um, you give me your ideas. I compose something. Not that I'm not inspired by ideas. Mm-hmm. It's just that I'm saying, let's take that. So I did, uh, I finished one last week. It was the, after one week and a half, a great, I, I call it a grade 0.75 because point it's, in, it's right in the middle. Then it's right in the middle between, for me, and, the, and the, all the Alfred publishing uh, um, parameters. It's between a dot five and a one. Uh, more a one, I would say, but still an easy one. And it's uh, it's called Cardassia, which is a, uh, which I tried in it to put all those elements that I've uh, I've told you like expressivity. It's really hard. We have five or six notes per instruments. Uh, uh, you know, answer question, answers, contrasting like that. But basic, basic, basic. Now I'm I'm currently finishing my second work, which is called Spring March. Um, a little a little funny and, and March, and it's spring now. But no one can enjoy spring now yeah. almost. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's why I wanted to to put a march like like, like just. To, to, to bring the spring to me, the spring season to me. And the first one has been dedicated to François-Olivier Fortin, which is one oh, of my colleagues and great friends. Yeah, François-Olivier, yeah. who teach at Collège Esther Blondin, and he's doing an awesome job there teaching. So I wanted to give my first COVID-19 piece to, <laughs> to him. The second one, the spring march, is going to be dedicated. And that I'm, I'm telling that now as a as a primeur, I don't know how to say that in English, like yep. uh, as, a, as a scoop to, um, uh, to the Pensionnat saint de marie uh, in Montreal with uh, teacher Emmanuel, Emmanuel Wimet and Isabelle Fournier, which are two great teachers on a, a nice school. So I'm giving, a day, and they love to play uh, marches. Every time they go into festivals, they start with a march, you know, right. the, classic, uh, the, the classic thing. And I'm not personally a huge fan of, mar- of marches, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's been so nice to compose that. And after that, I'm starting uh, the third one I'm doing now. It's a grade 3.5. And this one is a personal project. I stopped for the two next week. I'm going to stop uh, taking that. And it's it's because I saw um, on the inter- internet one week ago, I don't, I don't remember which media was that, but it was a, mon- a video montage of a lot of cities around the world, uh, footage of cities around the world, and all the cities were deserted uh, completely. And, and it was a retouching videos there were Montreal in the video also so I, I began composing a work called called a uh, slow work it's going to be my first slow uh, expressive work called ghost cities uh, wow. which which will be dedicated to everyone in quarantine everyone who, who was affected or everyone who lost someone uh, or, or everyone touched by the COVID-19 in any way possible it can be uh, they lose their job they lose a, a family member or something so it's going to be called mm. ghost cities and it's a slow ex- a slow expressive uh, piece there Right. And eventually, eventually, all those pieces will be, I wish, published by Alfred Publishing, which is now my, my new uh, publisher there. So right. that's it about the, this, this project. But after that uh, Ghost Cities uh, uh, piece, I'm going to go back and taking, okay, give me your ideas. I'm going to commission right. a, a piece for you. And, yeah. Oh, now you'll so have, that, that's it for this project. You'll have a thousand emails in your inbox after this. <laughs> that's yes. how confident, that's how many people are listening to this thing. <laughs> I already, uh, I already had the request to compose another "Let's Go Band," like uh, the "Let's Go Band" sequel to be. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's what we need. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> good. And then, uh, and then you have a new piece that was just put out by, uh, by Alfred. And I heard the yes, name, which was uh, mind blowing. It was great. Ah, oh, thank you very much. It's called Mouvement Frenetique, so Frenetic Movement. It's a commission I received um, two, two, two or three years ago. In fact, I think from uh, Harmonie Frenet, which is the the school, the high school where I where I started playing music. Like I was saying uh, uh, before, it's the school where I, I studied when I was in high school. They were celebrating their third. 30th anniversary, I think, mm -hmm. uh, of the music program. So they commissioned me a piece. And it's called, the, the school is called uh, Ecole Frenette. Frenette. So that's the little pun with frenetic at the same time. Yeah. And it's a frenetic movement because I, I played percussion there. And so it's a, it's a really percussive piece. And yeah, Alfred Publishing just... Uh, it's a long process before publishing a piece yeah. with all the revisions, all the recordings and things like that. But the official, the official edited, international edited public edition is out now. It's on YouTube. It's on their website. And that's why I shared on Facebook the, the YouTube where you see the score yeah. and you have the MP3 at the same time. And it's the Navy band, the U.S. Navy band playing. It's really nice. Oh, yeah. And it's I'll, a great four. This one is a great four. Yeah. And I'll make sure to, to put some, uh, some links on our episode notes for, for people to check all that stuff out. Um, and uh, so, as I mentioned at the beginning, you are a man of many hats uh, in this music biz. And um, I'm wondering, uh, since you started in, in composition, when, when did you catch the, uh, as Julian McKay says, the conducting bug? When did that bite? The conducting bug. <laughs> uh, in, it, it, it's still in CJEP, uh, in the CJEP level. Uh, I, I was always fascinated by conducting, but never like wanted to, to do the jump, the bug. Um, mm -hmm. And I remember I, was, I always was and still is a huge fan of, a uh, huge geek, I would say, of music theory, of music analysis, of, of tonal harmony, tonal counterpoint, ear training. I'm a huge ear training geek <laughs> and composition also. And and then in CJEP, I took a few lessons of Ufanyam, of Ufanyam uh, playing with Al, with an incredible conductor that you all surely know, a Canadian called Alain Caz, which is now a good colleague and friend of mine. And I took a lesson with him at Ufanyam at the CJEP level. I was 20, 20 years old, 19, 19 years old, I don't remember. And he saw all those passions that I had. And when you think about it, all, all the passions that I taught before, it's all, all important aspects of conducting, you know, uh, uh, music theory, analysis, tonal harmony, earring, things like that. For me, it's like a pack uh, that you need for being a conductor. And when he said to me, Jonathan, you, uh, do you like conducting? Things like that. I, um, I went to a two-week masterclass in Asbestos Music Bandcamp in Quebec, where I took like a two-week intensive conducting program, a summer program with him. And that's where it all started. I, I finished this this two weeks and I say oh I love that I really love it. because for me it was the perfect the perfect mashup of everything I loved in music teaching composing analysis hearing uh, 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 play, uh, uh, phrasing playing but all together as one player so that's where it all started there Oh, very cool. And and this this summer, and in fact, this summer, uh, music, this summer conducting workshop. I'm now the one who gives this this, this summer <laughs> conducting workshop. And we'll have many full circle moments. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And um, and yeah, I was thinking that whenever you were talking about your your compositional process, how much uh, just hearing it and not trying to uh, input it to any in a MIDI file or anything like that. How important yeah, that yeah. is as a conductor when we're score reading uh, that that uh, skill. And um, I was, uh, on, I guess it was Saturday evening. I had um, 
a Zoom hangout with with our friends uh, Jillian McKay and Mark Hopkins, and uh, mm -hmm. and I was and I was talking to Mark about about this interview on uh, Monday, and he's like, "Oh, you have to ask him." because um, uh, um, we've had the opportunity to observe you rehearse an ensemble, which is it's an amazing thing. If, you, if anyone gets the chance to watch Jonathan rehearse, it's he does not waste a second. Um, and uh, I, I was wondering how... how <laughs> that's not that true. <laughs> I was wondering how... Uh, that's my musician sometimes. <laughs> uh, I was wondering how um, maybe your role as a composer influences um, you, you as a conductor or educator. Yeah, it's it's one of the favorite uh, thing I'm always saying is it's so important for me to uh, uh, to be a composer when I conduct because my role, my I think my goal, in fact, in my conducting is to almost know the piece as if I, I've composed it. Okay, is is if I, because when you reach that level, even if you cannot you cannot really know all the true inspirations or the true things, you still. Uh, uh, you're still able to decode all the music intentions in the music that mu the, what, what are the music intentions that a composer tried to put there and put there and as a writer myself I really I see that I see that sometimes instantly like, like oh okay Alfred Reed tried to, to he, he did a long 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 uh, uh, transition going to that chord because for him that chord is a, a nice color in what he did and and uh, yeah it helps me a lot as a conductor because I, I develop instantly those those composition moments that I transfer that with my gesture right after that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Great. And uh, and I I guess I first heard of you um, as kind of you know doing a lot of guest conducting uh, things. Um, but before I get to that, because I really do want to talk about that, I want to talk about some of the the, the groups that you um, regularly conduct. And much like your career, the, the, the variety in genre and style and yeah. uh, kind of groups is very, also very different. And uh, the first one I want to talk about is one that uh, is really interesting because um, as everyone, I have a little bit more time on my hands. And since then, uh, I, was I was telling you, <laughs> I, took out, I, I took out my Game Boy and I've been, <laughs> and I've been playing, uh, I just finished Orcarina of Time, now I'm on to Majora's Mask. Uh, but uh, you conduct this nice. really cool uh, video game orchestra in Montreal. And I was wondering if you could talk about talk yeah. about that a bit. Yeah, it's a, it's a really really nice project that I'm conducting since 2015. I think yeah, 2015. It's an it's a it's an ensemble dedicated to video game soundtracks, and uh, which is really nice because you know yeah sometimes we think ah oh, video game music it's beep bop beep 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 some some little <laughs> basic things but it's way more than that. And the the fun that we have is sometimes we play those beep beep boop pieces, but you know those pieces add two or three tracks to be expressive and now we have a complete orchestra to go further than that and explode, make, make it explode the colors. So it's a wonderful uh, playing opportunity because every concert are 100% uh, homemade arrangements that we, that we do. So it's all stuff. I'm doing some arrangements for them and we have an incredible team of arrangers composed of uh, people from the ensembles and people outside. We have uh, Laura, Laura and Travia with us, which is, uh, which is uh, often with the um, video game uh, uh, live orchestra, uh, 
uh, tour around the world. She's writing for us and things like that. And it's an incredible project because sometimes we have, first we have a lot of fun because a lot of uh, players in the, in the ensembles are video game geeks. So there's a special, a really, really special like complicity we have around that. And, and they're kind of, of uh, crazy a bit also. Uh, uh, and it's, it's really fun. <laughs> And yeah, 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 and and a really nice aspect of this uh, of this ensemble is that it brings to to concert halls a lot of people that wouldn't go usually to concert halls. So you know, I've got, I'm conducting also the OVNI, the UFO, the UFO orchestra, which I'm going to talk yeah. about to you about later, which is a really high level, really really high level uh, wind orchestra. And sometimes, you know, as we're still a wind orchestra, we plays. Uh, uh, the normal wind repertoire. We struggle sometimes to have a lot of people in the audience. Uh, uh, in it, which is perfectly normal. But sometimes with the uh, video game orchestra, we 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 do some uh, some sold out almost every time. You know, like we did twice sold out the uh, Montreal Symphony uh, uh, Hall in Montreal, the Maison Symphonique of Montreal, which is two two thousand four hundred people, yeah. uh, and it's an incredible concert atmosphere. It's like a rock show but orchestral yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that you have in, in the audience. And a lot of times people are like they come like to the Montreal Hall uh, Symphony Orchestra Hall and are like, wow, we have that in Montreal. They didn't even know about that or something yeah. like that. So for me, it's one of the most important artistic mission of this orchestra, uh, of this orchestra because it's, it democratizes a bit of the music without uh, being too easy, you know, we don't, because sometimes the arrangements we're playing are really, really well crafted and, yeah. and well done. There's some uh, nice music elements in it, in it. It's not like a cheap pop commercial show or I don't want to judge any, any commercial <laughs> shows or things like that but you know there, there's, a, there's a, an artistic depth because when we choose to play like let's say we say okay we do a Zelda concert which we did one last uh, May uh, we try to find an artistic progression in that concert and, and to really relate that with the story and, and, and we go even further in the projects because you know sometimes there's some video game ensembles that only play like a best of and that's it and, and you see uh, uh, Skyrim you love that Mario love that Zelda, you love that, but then we we want to improve the the artistic experience in the video game orchestra. Like last week, last year, we did a 42 minute symphony for wind and choir on on one Zelda game oh, from wow. uh, on Zelda a Link to the Past. It was yeah. awesome, awesome. We had an incredible choir, 100. Uh, 20 young singers, uh, uh, really professional singers, and it was awesome. And the arrangement is fabulous. If you have a chance on you, on you it's on YouTube already. It's called Hero of the Past. The, the Hero of the Past is the name of the symphony. Okay. Uh, and we, 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 we did the premiere in Montreal last May. Wow. So that's about it for the... <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's like a, it's, it's a gateway drug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get, get them in the yeah. door. Uh, yeah, I remember I played... Um, the video games live show when it came to Toronto at Massey Hall and uh, it was just yep. jam-packed and I, I, I've never yeah, thought yeah. there would be people screaming at me like that, but it happened. Yeah. And, <laughs> it's like and, a rock show. Yeah, and someone got hit in the head with one of those giant uh, Pokeballs that were getting thrown around. It was crazy. <laughs> no way. Yeah, yeah, violinist, <laughs> boom. Uh, but yeah, and then uh, other than that, and you were talking about your, uh, your other ensemble, um, the... Um, unidentified flying yeah yeah it's the it's a it's a pun in fact it's the <laughs> ufo orchestra the unidentified wind orchestra in french the pun works because ufo in french is ovni so it's the same thing orchestra vin non identity okay. which is uh which is a a, a wind ensemble i've co-created 
15 years ago, whew, that goes fast, <laughs> 15 yeah. years ago, friends and uh, with friends, which at, at, at the start was a normal like amateur community uh, uh, community band. But then uh, after years that I've studied in conducting and that we had people, we began to hold auditions and the level really, really went up. And now it's almost like the, the, the cross university of Montreal uh, win ensembles. We have play, players from uh, universities and CEGEP all around Montreal. And we also have amateurs, but strong amateurs that, you know, either that they studied in music when they were younger and they decided to change their field of, uh, of job or something like that, but right. still want to play high level in a high level ensembles. So that's the OVNI, which I really, really enjoy also. It's got a completely, totally different yeah. uh, artistic experience than the uh, video game orchestra. I'm also doing the Ottawa Pops Symphony Orchestra, which is another completely different thing <laughs> because now I'm with the, the I'm I'm with the Symphony Orchestra sound, so with strings, which is really nice, and it's it's really a pop orchestra, meaning they 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 not pop in terms only of pop music. They they try to um, to choose pop repertoire to bring people to the audience again. So so musicals, uh, Disney, it can be uh, Star Wars, uh, it can be also they do like a story time of a symphony where they do like uh, Pierre Leloup, Peter the Wolf, or Thing like that, uh, Takata and Fugue in D minor, something like it, that goes around Halloween, things like that. It's really, really interesting. Very cool. And also, uh, I've got a, I've got a fourth one also. It's the, uh, oh, it's the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Saint John, uh, the Cercle Philharmonique Saint Jean sur Richelieu, Saint John, uh, Saint John uh, uh, Community Band, which is a, which is a, a really nice uh, community band. It's a family, family community band there with adults, and there's some in the band. There's some like the two parents and the two children are in the band <laughs> playing together. It's a totally different experience, also for me. It's it's more like a it's a huge party, but we do great music also. Right, and and as as someone who's uh, conducting both strings and winds, do you find uh, anywhere there that maybe your your preparation or the way that you speak in rehearsals is that uh, different? Not, I would say not that much. You know, I've I've got this this conversation often with uh, some fellow conductors of mine and some friends. For sure, for sure, in my preparation, it's not the same because now I think I have to think and hear a different sound in my head. I have to to hear strings, and so I, I have to to really think about what type of bowing do I want, what type of 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 sound unity I want in the style of bowing, and and I really really have to focus on on all the string parts, but. Uh, you know, for me, uh, there's almost no difference between uh, symphony conducting, band conducting, choir conducting. Uh, it's my personal opinion. It's the same language, but with a different accent, if I can compare that to language yeah. uh, there. Um, you, you know, you, you, when you conduct, you want to show a sound. The, the, your goal is to show a sound, you show a musical intention that your player can instantly understand and play and in a clear and unified way. So yes, the gesture will change a bit because of the response of the uh, the response of bowing and compared to the response of mouthpiece or things like that. But for me, it's minimal. It's it, it's still the same, same, same language. I know I've spoke with some colleagues that for them, oh, choir conducting is, is something else. It's really, really the, the, this, the, this whole universe of choir conducting. <laughs> but for me, it's it's still the same. You, you use the same, yeah, you use the same, same, same. You want to show the same thing. You want to achieve the same goals and, and so it, it would be more in the preparation i would say because i'm a i'm a huge 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 geek of score preparation score analysis score uh, score studying and things like that and i don't study my symphony scores the same way i study my wind scores i would say yeah i was like maybe we should have you back for just a whole thing on score prep <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 I, I, in fact, I, I, it, it, there's two conferences I give on the subject because I'm, I'm a huge geek of that. That goes with my, my, my music analysis, music theory uh, geekness, I, I would say. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, about uh, score preparation and things, which I always prepare my scores with a nice scotch or, uh, beside me to, oh, to okay. make it the things more relaxing. And <laughs> what the idea? I sound like well. an alcoholic now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's the one. That's the one problem about doing this Facebook Live thing. There's no room to edit. It's just whatever whatever comes <laughs> out. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk mean, about was. Oh, you mean uh, we're we're live? Oh, whoops. Okay. <laughs> uh, one thing I wanted to, to talk about was uh, after uh, University of Montreal, you were at McGill. You already talked about studying with Alain. Um but. Yep. Um, one thing that's really cool, and, and I've had a couple of guests that I've spoken to this season where they've kind of had this full circle moment where, uh, you know, in, the, in your case, Ellen was on sabbatical and, and you, a couple of times already you've, you've, uh, you've uh, been there for the whole, the whole year working with the wind orchestra. And I was wondering if you could kind of talk about uh, that and how, how, that, how that was for you, you know, being the student and then becoming the teacher and, and, uh, and, uh, and just yeah. that experience. It's, it's, it's really quite special, I would say, especially that I was still at the same, at the same university. It's not like if I began teaching in another university or something, mm-hmm. especially that the first time I did it, there were still some students in the, in, <laughs> in the ensembles that were my colleagues, like my colleagues, and now I had to be the teaching figure for them. So it was a bit harder the first time, and I was really young. I just finished my master, like I think it's, it was two years after my, one or two years after I finish my master first time but it's it's an incredible experience because you really really have to to go deep and fast in the professional professional world of, of conducting because especially at the university level they want to to do all the ensemble productions as professional productions mm-hmm. so it was an awesome experience especially at mcgill and when i did it again a few years later it was completely different now i was really the teacher and i, I really ju- dived in instantly like that i've got more i, I had more experience also more uh, more uh, more conducting experience more teaching a lot more teaching experience also uh, so yeah it's, it's, it's quite incredible doing this uh, jump yeah no it's very cool and and speaking of I, I don't think you'll mind me bringing this up, but, and I'll, I'll age both of us. Um, but I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was an undergraduate student at um, Mount Allison university. And I remember there was, uh, I, I would stay there in the summers. And I remember there was one summer that the national youth band of Canada was uh, rehearsing at, um, at, at Mount Allison university. And uh, I remember creeping down the hallway there in the basement to the, uh, the band room and poking my head in and seeing this guy on the podium. And that was the first time I ever saw Jonathan Desjardins in the flesh. Um, and, I, <laughs> and, and, and through last year, we, when we were working together in Hamilton, um, you, you mentioned to me how young you were whenever you did that. And I was wondering if, well, how did, how did that affect anything? And also just, what an honor it is to conduct, you know, one of the, one of the great uh, national uh, wind ensembles in the country. So I was wondering if you could just talk about your time with the National Youth Band. Uh, it was, it was quite a, a, an incredible experience, especially that when they, uh, I received the email, uh, I think it was a phone call. Uh, I don't think email were existing yet. Um, <laughs> no, when I received the, <laughs> no, when I received the phone call to do it, I was, I was in a shock. I was like, 
is this is this a joke or is this a, because for me when you do the the Canadian uh, national youth band you have to be at least uh, 60 years old <laughs> no, maybe not Careful, Colin Clark would be, would be angry against me <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and, and and I was really honored to do it and it was an amazing experience because it's still an honor band but you you are two to three weeks with the with the students and with um, a really high level uh, serious students that want to do a, a nice a really nice ensemble experience so there's a bond there's a really quick there's a really quick bond going on between between uh, me and the group and and in fact with any group i, I work with uh, it can be a normal group or honor band i try to find the bond as soon as possible because for me that's one of the goal of teaching and of conducting and it was a tremendous experience especially that i've brought this year uh, when i did that polytechnic one of my uh, more advanced work which is a grade five uh, um, based around uh, the polytechnic massacre that was held in montreal in 19 uh, uh, 20 years ago, uh, 1989, and I made them watch. I remember I made them watch at, in the middle of the first week or something. We were at Mount, Mount Allison there. I made them watch um, the, the Polytechnic movie uh, that had been made in Quebec, uh, which is in French, but I, I added the, the English subtitles, and everyone was in a shock. And since that time, <laughs> starting the next day after that, the rehearsals were never the same on the piece because everyone was 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 really like, okay, this is what. The, piece is about because everyone know what is polytechnic at some point but this movie really shows and in some crude way sometimes what 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 happened there uh, yeah it was an amazing experience the, this national youth band i was so i was so honored to have been selected and and uh, especially that i was beginning my professional life as a composer as a as a teacher and as a conductor so uh, i was really really touched by the fact they asked me to do it and yeah it's going to be your turn, your turn soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next on the list. You hear that, CBA? There you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and, and no, it's, that's really cool to hear. And um, they get the, we'll move on to the third hat that you wear. There's the, 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 hat, the hat rack is getting amazingly full. Um, is, uh, is it an adjudicator? And that's where we work together most. Um, so I was just kind of uh, wanted to talk about um, your role as an adjudicator and, and maybe if we can give some, some, some tips and tricks to our friends listening on a couple of the kind of big factors uh, musically and technically that you're listening for in, a, in an adjudicated performance at festival. Yeah, well, well, I began I began adjudicating ten years ago, uh, and now I'm adjudicating uh, in many festivals there. And you know, all adjudicators I met uh, when I meet one, like I meet you and others, we all have our. Um, our things which focus really focus and we really like to focus we still have the same basic concepts but for me there's three things i i always 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 want to hear the first one is for sure sound quality mm -hmm. uh, because for me sound quality is like they the the, uh, the the first handshake in a job interview or something like that and i speak of sound quality meaning i always adapt myself uh, of the band i have like if i hear a grade six grade six band for me the, the sound quality for sure it's gonna, gonna be the same than a grade 10 or 11 but uh, how do they produce sound? How do they achieve it? So, and it's really, it's part of everything after that, the way they produce sound uh, well, uh, after that, how will it affect the rest of their playing? And the second thing I'm really focusing when I adjudicate is team playing. For me, team playing is one of the, 
basic basic thing uh, in concept teaching when you play in an ensemble so uh, in terms of uh, uh, team playing in terms of balance you know who's offense who's defense if we compare that to sports so they had to have their active listening always on as soon as they have their active listening on they can relate to each other and play as a team uh, and it's it's a great game when you think about that so playing in terms of dynamity and a lot of people that work with me I'm a freak about articulations I'm a freak 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 <laughs> about that about clarity clarity and unity of articulations you can ask my friend I'm sure some colleagues of mine was who are listening now are going to laugh because it's, they're going to say, yeah, yeah, he works at my school. And I remember hearing that because for me, it's, it's, it's the way you talk, the way that the clarity of the message you transmit in music comes from the style, clarity and unity and also expression. The, the last thing I really, really focus on is expression because for me, it's always important to find the music contained in every passage on every note, every rhythms, there's music somewhere and you have to find it and you have to, to transmit it to the, to, to the audience and share. And that's why we're artists we want to share something. But if you share something with new content, what's the meaning of sharing? So, mm -hmm. so I always found to, to, to find what's the message, what do you want to share? And also that for me, nothing, um, I mean, I mean, on the contrary, everything in music has a direction, everything has a direction, uh, a little cell, a little something, go somewhere. Because the audience, when they hear us, they don't want to hear what we play. They want to hear where we go. So I really focus on that. And that, that would be my, the, the, the three things I, I really focus. Sound quality, uh, team playing, and expression as an educator. Yeah. And I, you kind of just answered my next question, which was, what for you, what makes, uh, uh, what's the difference between a good band performance and a great band performance? And I, and I speak strictly, well, not really, at the, at the competition level. Uh, in fact, it's all those things, obviously, when I hear all those things, but it's when, when an ensemble go further than what I call the 90% bar, meaning that in life, I, I always find that in life, in anything we do, any projects, uh, artistic or not, we always, and more and more, I think, we always achieve satisfaction when we reach like 90, 85%. Like, oh yeah, this is well done. I gave my 85%, but not in art for me. In art, in music, and, uh, and um, in that artistic process, you have to go further than that because we, we try to achieve perfection. We try to achieve a beauty. We, we, try, we try to achieve all those things. So when I hear that, in a performance, I'm like, okay, they, they go more than 85. They, they go in 90, 90 or something. And a good sign that sometimes it doesn't have, it happens uh, often. It's when I'm adjudicating, I'm giving comments or something at the microphone. And then I stop because I'm touched by the music or I'm touched by something they just did. When that happens for me, it's okay. Okay. They're in the game. They're really, really in the game because uh, I, 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 I don't focus on their team playing. I focus on the message they sent, that they're sending us together. So. Yeah, that would be all those elements refined together. That for me makes the difference between a, a really good performance and an awesome performance. Yeah. And I, I told you the story that once uh, I, was I was adjudicating and that, that happened, I put my pencil down and just listened. And I started, I started crying and tearing up a little bit. And then I did the clinic and I told them this. I told the band and their teacher that they made me cry. And then I got home and it ended up in the, like, the city's newspaper that I <laughs> so educator I said, crying yeah never again never again i will tell you uh but yeah and then uh as an as an adjudicator you you, you just have such a an interesting um area of influences 
to everything that you do. And one of the other areas is that uh, you actually run a, a festival as well. And because I remember uh, from the first time we met in Halifax and worked together, you were like looking at the trophies, <laughs> like, oh, these are very nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then in Hamilton, you're looking at the, yeah. the screens that tell you when to go in the room. Yeah. And you're, it's yeah. just, it's really interesting just to watch you at festivals, just <laughs> trying to pick up everything to improve your own. So I was wondering if, exactly. if you, could, you could talk about your role as uh, an administrator now at, at yeah. Music Fest Quebec and, and, how, uh, and how maybe your role as an adjudicator across the country influences your festival. Well, well you, you already said most of it, meaning that since uh, 2016, I'm the artistic director and coordinator of the Quebec Provincial Music Fest. And as I, and I was adjudicating there since 2011, I think, and I took the relay of Michel Fortin, who was the previous artistic director, and uh, I took the relay after that because I, I told, told him, I said, Michel, if you retired uh, in the following years, I, I would be interested by that, 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 this job because if I, in little parenthesis, if in my, in my life I had to quit music uh, totally, one thing I would really, really love to do is administration and event managing i really enjoy doing that i like to to think about all the details uh i like it for me it's a big structure and i like in in when you think about that it's not that far from composition it's 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 the same the same way of resonating in my head without a creative uh, it's not as depth in the creativity when you organize something mm -hmm. so yes for sure i tried to took, take took the i took this festival with my colleague maria seminara which is the, the the administrative coordinator financial coordinator and we tried to to do a huge reflection about it and how could we improve this festival? How can we make it even a greater learning and artistic experience? And as you said, that's why when I go to other festivals, I'm watching everything. I'm like, oh, this is so great. We have to, <laughs> we have to take this idea and bring that to our festivals. And it makes me see the other side. So when I adjudicate, I see the other side. And when, I'm administrate, when I administrate a festival, I know what my adjudicator needs. I know, I know, I know uh, uh, what type of schedule they need to be, to be refreshed, to be really like, uh, uh, to be on good shape or things like that. So, for sure, there's some ideas I stole, but I always ask the uh, I always ask the, the festivals coordinators. But you know that's that's our goal. We want to we want to really share our idea, ideas to improve this uh, this uh, this kind of festivals. So like uh, great ideas I stole from uh, I think it was the Winnipeg Winnipeg Optimist Festivals. Um, hello, John. Uh, by the way, <laughs> if he's listening, it's the uh, they have when when you when a band is in front of you like the adjudicator, you receive on a Paper in front of you, the music context of this band, meaning meaning who's that band? How much do, do they have private lessons? Do do how, how many times a week do they see each other? Uh, the teacher has uh, have how many years of experience teaching? So you you read that and then it influences the way you're gonna adjudicate them after that because you, you sometimes you say okay they 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 missed school for two months because of I don't know what I don't know what so you cannot adjudicate them the same way you would adjudicate like a music specialized program or things like that um also the thing i've changed is that in quebec in many in all the festivals in quebec for many years we always had the same french adjudicators because we're a french province and and you know you see the same people around around and over and over we need some uh, more fresh ideas so i 
from the two last years, I began hiring adjudicate international adjudicators. So I, I we had Mark Hopkins last year who was the first uh, out of the province adjudicators, and everyone loved that because a new voice, a new new concepts, new learning uh, concepts. We had this year we had uh, Dr. Shelley Jago from um, uh, from Ohio, and and the same things next next year. Well, we're gonna have Robert Sheldon, the composer, okay. as our main. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to I'm writing to to a lot of people. Julian McKay. Uh, I mean, also, uh, it's been three years in a row. I'm asking her, and she can't. She she wasn't available, and things like that. So that's kind of thing. I want to improve. Also, we're going we're going to also put like um, and starting next year, the clinic is part of the evaluation. Meaning, meaning, yes, you receive a bronze, silver, or gold. Uh, but the way that the students react in the clinic, the way they are attentive, the way they are um, responsive, and things like that, is going to influence the the grade. So they, if they did a gold performance, but in the clinic, you cannot change anything. They're really rigid or they don't want to, to do what you, you, they fall back to silver because it's a learning and teaching experience. So it's part of their attitude. And we, we won't evaluate if they're good in the clinic because, you know, if let's say a band is really bad playing in the performance and they're really bad playing in the clinic, it doesn't change anything. Is the way, how responsive they are, how open-minded they are in the clinic. So a lot of things like that, like a, a little workshop for teachers, like a little miniature Midwest band clinic during the festivals, uh, things like that. So that's the way it influenced me being an adjudicator at the same time than an administrator. I always go around and see, okay, as an administrator, what do I want uh, being an adjudicator? And as an adjudicator, what do I want between an, uh, being an administrator? Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Oh, that's really amazing to hear. And, uh, and we talked about this already, but all of our gigs are gone. But I was wondering if you could, <laughs> what was me? No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, I was wondering if you could uh, maybe talk about, is there anything exciting you want to tell the folks about maybe coming up next year? Fingers crossed that we're out of our houses by then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In fact, fortunately, almost, I would say 95% of all the canceled gigs I had this year were postponed next yeah. year. So if everything goes well, I have the same thing. Like I was supposed to do my first uh, uh, United States State honor band uh, this year in uh, the um, the Idaho honor band, right. a senior senior uh, high school honor band, and it, I, the, the the manager wrote to me saying it's only postponed to, to 2021. Don't don't uh, don't worry about that. So this is a nice project. I'm gonna have uh, a lot of concerts this upcoming fall because all my ensembles, all their concerts <laughs> have been postponed to this fall. So I've got already huge scheduling problems of fitting fitting that together, uh, and mainly composition. One of the thing that this period uh, taught me is that. I'm doing too many projects in my life. That's that's one of the things that this uh, little COVID situation uh, made me made me learn. Because when I worry a lot less about everything, my creativity improves a lot, and I can feel that. I can feel that uh, in my whole body. Like mm -hmm. so, uh, I'm gonna maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna decline more things in the upcoming uh, uh, years to focus more on compositions and things like that because it, things are really going really great for me with Alfred publishing and things like that so uh, and it's, it's nice that we have now Canadian more more and more Canadian composers writing for mm -hmm. an orchestra uh, uh, so th that would be my main project for next year but we don't know what's gonna happen yeah yeah no that's that's wonderful yeah fingers crossed that all that, all that happens yeah. and uh, one thing that I was uh, talking about a couple of weeks ago uh, with with the band room and podcast so the episode we did last month um, was 
maybe talk, making available more resources. And uh, you have a super cool resource that's available on Facebook because I know that um, a big problem uh, often that I get from music teachers is not knowing you know, new music or uh, where to look. And I was wondering if you could talk about your, uh, your Facebook group. Yeah, in fact, uh, I've started that I think five years ago because I uh, one of my one of, few of my colleagues there in Quebec knew that uh, they all knew that I'm adjudicating in, in other provinces, and they said, Jonathan, when you hear a piece, a nice piece, take a photography of it with your <laughs> with your iPhone and and tell us about it. And I did that just for fun, like uh, one time, and I said, Oh, this is interesting. I could do a whole concept around that. So now I've got a, a huge Facebook group called uh, in French uh, like. Uh, uh, Repertoire for Concert Band, Suggestions of Jonathan Dagenet, so Repertoire for Harmonie, Suggestions of Jonathan Dagenet, which are all my my uh, my favorite pieces I've heard in going in festivals and not in festivals I saw from the last five years. Mm -hmm. uh, when I open a score, and sometimes even if the performance is good or bad, I, I can still say, oh, this is great music or something. So I take a picture of it. I put a small description, like 200 words, about why do I think this is an interesting piece for uh, teaching or just for uh, artistic reasons for expressiveness i write a little a little text and i post it and i did also a nice um, there's a google sheet link in the in the group which goes to all the pieces with date that they added and i'm building a kind of personal syllabus with that okay. uh, that, that, yeah, so this is one of my, my tools I do. I got also my website and starting next week, we'll begin with Twig Music and Yamaha Canada to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give some free, uh, free Zoom uh, music conference about uh, score reading, score study. And uh, I'm going to gonna give a few conducting lessons uh, like, okay, uh, this afternoon, fermatas and uh, yeah. cutoffs and cutoffs cut cut and uh, release and things like that. So uh, with Twig and Yamaha, it's going to be uh, starting next week. They have to announce that this week. So uh, to have more and more online resources about that. Um, but the, the Facebook repertoire group is really nice and I'm planning to translate it, but it's a long run <laughs> to do that because I, I, I should have thought about it first when I started the group, but it's all in French. So I've got a lot of the English teachers in the group, mm -hmm. but sometimes they, they write to me in private, can you translate for me that what you said about this piece? And I say, okay, no problem, no problem. But I think I'm going to translate the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you yeah. know, sometimes that, uh, that Facebook translates a little iffy. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's like what yeah, he yeah. did not mean that <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um but no that's really helpful so yeah uh once again i'll i'll make sure that all those links are available to everyone especially for the upcoming events uh that, that sounds super cool I, I had no idea the web the webinars and all that stuff with twig and yamaha mm -hmm. so I'll, I'll make all those available uh for people to check out um but i thought one of one one of my last official questions um before I don't, so far we don't have any questions. It's just people saying hi and a funny comment from, <laughs> but um, uh, I was wondering if, if you could give one piece of advice, maybe two, I feel like you've got two in you, uh, for, uh, <laughs> for uh, upcoming music uh, educators, conductors, composers, what would it be? You know, every time uh, I've got this question, I, I feel a bit bad because my answers always seem a bit of cliche, if I can say, if I can, if I can say, but um, you know what my, my first uh, thing would be to never forget um, the fun part of teaching and making music. It's a, it, one of the basic thing I always repeat for me is that I've, I went into music because of the fun of it, the, 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 the personal fun and, 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 and I would say like almost a therapy 
happy of making music it gives us. So never forget that when you have a, a band in front of you, the fun that they have, they want to have and, and with, without uh, with doing a serious music. And also uh, this one sounds a bit cliche, I think, but it's really, it's really true for me to always, not, not necessarily love the students, but always, uh, yeah, love, love the musician and the students that you have in front of you because that's part of the basic rela relationship of creating something together. We have to trust each other, trust us to go both ways. And this is part of understanding of the, uh, loving each other uh, on that, um, on that, on, uh, on, on that matter, you know, and, and some, sometimes I know that it's, it's been repeated, it's been repeated a lot of times, but sometimes we only think about it, but we don't feel it. And for me, mm -hmm. it's a huge difference to understand it, but also feel it to really just, just, just dive and just just know that you have in front of you like sometimes 40 different students with 40 different personalities 40 different love broken heart stories 40 different <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, parents par parents student relations so so sometimes just to uh, we say in, in french lâcher la serviette là, throw throw the sheet away and say okay you're like you are and we're doing music together i thought i know it sounds a bit cliche but for me it's really important this kind of uh, of relationship to develop no, I, I think cliche maybe and repeated, yes, but it's only that yeah. because it's true. So, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and and really wonderful, uh, wonderful advice. Um, so now I'm going to switch over to the Facebook page and see if we have any questions. I'll even I'll oh, Yay. oh yeah okay. How do you decide <laughs> what orchestral <laughs> colors to compose? Do you write? Uh, do you write it based on an ex, uh, experimentation and feel, or is it uh, calculated beforehand? Ooh, that's a good question. It, it, yeah, it's a good question, a really good question, and I always struggle with that question myself because I think it's a mix of both. Meaning, um, I I uh, I experiment and feel. There's some things I feel like I want to to like to. Uh, to, um, to achieve a big dark sound. I want those low brass or something like that with a bass drum, but also I calculated beforehand to achieve contrasts, to achieve uh, also recurring, recurring concepts, recurring elements uh, in the orchestration. So it's a bit, it, I think it's a big, uh, a big mix of both. And in fact, that goes even further than that. For me, it all relates to composing, which is for me a balance between rationality and expressiveness. You have to feel things, but you are also to think and and craft things and calculate things and so uh it would be both in terms of uh, orchestral colors to compose but i like i love experimenting i love experimenting also i also love like a lot of composers and arranger to steal some colors meaning like oh stravinsky did that it was amazing let's try that also without without um without co copy pasting what he did but sometimes in my in my work, when I do that, I, I put a little asterisk saying little homage to little homage to, you know, uh, yeah. I love to, to give the credits for those colors and things like that. Like I really like, I like a, a, a color that I try to achieve sometimes is uh, for me, I, the composer David Maslenka, that uh, that uh, that is a well-known composer. For me, sometimes he use what I call acid acid I woodwinds orchestration and I tried that sometimes in, in my piece like this acid sound it, it's, it's the way I feel it personally but uh, yeah yeah it's, it's always a mix of feeling of thinking and of crafting for me the, the, the this color uh, this color thing wonderful yeah that acid thing could be taken many different ways <laughs> okay. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah uh, and we have a question one oh sorry 
Yeah, yeah, go. I was about to say there was another question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. From our friend Dan Horner, uh, how do you maintain? Yeah. How do you main, uh, maintain energy levels? Uh, you're so busy, and your work demands passion. How do you keep yourself uh, from wearing out and staying sharp? Meditation, exercise, reading, non-musical hobbies, morning wake-up ritual. That is such a good question. It's, it's an excellent question because I've, I, I reached a point in my life where I had to really um, ask me that question myself. And for me, the, the way I achieve that is, first of all, exercise. I'm, I'm a huge uh, road cyclist, uh, road bikes. Cyclist that, uh, uh, that's, that's the way we say that in English. Uh, road bike. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's right. right. Hello? Okay, sorry, uh, there was a there was a delay, and I do a lot of uh, a lot of um, workouts at home too. And also, it's really important, like uh, Dan said, to have non-musical hobbies. Like uh, I play video games. Sometimes I need with those huge days to just stop everything, sit on my couch, and play like Final Fantasy or something like that. Oh <laughs> um, uh, uh, yeah, I really need that. So, so I have a busy schedule, yes, but I always always find time in the schedule to have. Uh, personal time with my wife uh, alone doing some things like some things that that some things that some people would say uh, is not uh, how can I say that it's not it's unproductive things if I can say like like just uh, just sit, just Facebook on my couch or something like that every time I'm doing that it's like a reset button for my brain uh, but I would say my knee is the road bicycle and uh, workouts and video games would be my my main way of of letting uh, uh, things go <laughs> your uh your wife says you're hyperactive and it helps yeah <laughs> <laughs> she's she's listening to, to that yeah uh, yes and i'm i'm also hyperactive uh, yeah it helps it helps it helps uh, i don't know uh, up until what what age i'm gonna be able to maintain that but but you know for sure it helps when you're hyperactive because you, your brain is like a a, a multi-drawer compartment okay open this one close open close and it's always like this uh, yeah, and these days it creates oh, crazy backgrounds. Yeah, yeah show us the show us the Teletubby <laughs> one. Ah, yeah, yeah. You really want to 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 okay? Oh, why not? Because you know, with with all my with all my um, all my my orchestras, we're doing like Zoom meetings to mm -hmm. to talk about the situations and how it's gonna how we're gonna change that. And I discovered the Zoom uh, <laughs> Zoom background, so I'm making a lot of oh, fun like oh, this. Oh dear. You know, to, well, that one is. Like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because. In fact, it, it's it's better on nighttime because when yeah. it's all uh, when it's all closed like this. Let me uh, let me check that. Oh yeah, there's oh, the baby. Hey, this is really yeah. <laughs> there it is. You know, there it is. So so yeah, that's it. So I'm like, ooh, hello. <laughs> like, I, oh. I can be in Star Trek like that. Yeah, very good. Touch the. That's really pertinent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what that's what she was talking about. Yeah. Because I'm, uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna put out one last call for questions. Is there any other questions from our live studio audience? Otherwise, we'll wrap this up. And other than that, there's just people saying hi, and your wife's very proud of you. And uh, oh, and Dan <laughs> can't decide who's better looking. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, I think maybe maybe we'll we'll call it there. So uh, I just want to, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you so much for taking the time uh, to to be with uh, us today and and sharing your knowledge. And 
it's I, it's a highlight of my year every year that I get to, to work with you. Um, you're real, uh, someone I really look up to and, um, and I, I wish you all the best in the future. And, and just so you know, um, this, this, uh, our talk here is going to be released as a, a podcast episode, uh, later this week where you can hear, um, Jonathan's new, uh, piece in its entirety and, uh, and a couple other things. So if, if you want to check out that you are more than welcome, but other than that, thank you so much, Jonathan. And I, I wish you well. My pleasure. And again, uh, if ever there's a teacher wanted to send me a commission, a free commission, just send me an email or send me a message and it's going to be a real pleasure. And thank you, Dylan, for your, for your works. It's really nice to have this kind of podcast and or enclose the music world in, in the band and the band thing. And it's, uh, I think it's a wonderful idea and a wonderful tool and you're doing an awesome job. Thank you, my friend. Well, there you go, folks. I hope that you can take something away from Jonathan and I's discussion. And I just want to say a huge thank you again to Jonathan for taking the time, sharing his knowledge and his um, experiences with us in the virtual band room and how great it was just to have that Facebook live interview and have the interaction with, um, with people just leaving questions and comments. It was a, a fun time. So thanks again, Jonathan. And I don't think there's any question of whose piece would be the featured piece this month since our guest is a composer. So we'll be featuring Jonathan's uh, Movement Frenetique, um, which is his new piece out by um, Alfred Publishing, which is really a wonderful piece that I encourage you to go check out the score to. I'm going to play it here in a second. But to give you an idea of what the piece is about, I thought I would read you some of his notes from the score. Movement Frenetique is a short, dynamic frenetic and rhythmic flight of fancy based on a simple motive of four notes that are repeated, varied, and developed throughout the movement. The piece is a stirring tribute to this music program and a teacher, uh, Michael St. Amant, uh, who inspired Jonathan to become a conductor, composer, and educator himself through his expression of artistic and human values. Composed in a minimalist musical aesthetic, Several musical elements are integrated that represent the composer's musical journey. These include his training in classical percussion, rhythmic contrast and groove, and a broad mix of colors influenced by such people as Stravinsky, Bernstein, Shostakovich, Adams, Yumitsu, and, I bet you wouldn't have guessed this one, UK's Genesis. Woohoo! The piece uh, takes place almost fully in the uh, Lydian mode. Following a brief introduction presenting the four-note motive, the piece makes a brief tip to the hat to the harmonic musical language of the 90s. A a great decade, I'm I'm glad to see that. Uh, It then switches to a central section with uh, more changed harmonies, a number of dissonant extensions, and a greater complexity of sequences. The piece concludes with a final section that revisits the main musical motive in a grandiose style, attempting to communicate all the beauty and passion of discovering, learning, and performing with, within a large musical ensemble. So after you listen to this piece, I really encourage you to go explore um, Jonathan's website further, just so you can learn more about him. And also, um, go check out the Alfred uh, publishing website where you can see a lot more of um, Jonathan's pieces at different levels for your groups. Um, so if this piece doesn't work for you, I'm sure there is a Jonathan Dejeuner piece out there that does. So please go explore, be curious. And without further ado, 
Here is Jonathan Desnay's Mouvement Frenetique.
once again, a giant thank you to my friend Jonathan Desnay for taking the time and chatting with us in the band room, and a bigger thank you to all of you that could stop by. If you want to learn more, I've attached many, many links to the show notes found on our website, www.dylanrookmatic.com. That is www.dylanrookmatic.com. I don't even think you have to put www anymore, but it's just ingrained in me to say. So you can go there and you can find out more about what we talked about, Jonathan's pieces, um, the repertoire lists, and, and all of that. So please go check all of that out. But if you really liked what you heard, make sure to subscribe to the Band Room Podcast and give us a rating and a review and tell your friends, your cousins, your mother-in-law how much you enjoyed it. If you really love the show, you might consider donating to our GoFundMe page, helping to offset podcast hosting costs and investments into new equipment so that we can continue to bring you great content and great people. Follow us on our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Bandroom Pod. It's not at The Bandroom Pod, but at Bandroom Pod uh, to keep up with what's on the go. And and tell us your thoughts on today's episode, or maybe you have ideas for future episodes and topics that you want to learn about. So leave me a comment on our website, or even cooler, this is it, folks. Leave me a voicemail on our new hosting website, anchor.fm slash the dash band dash room slash message i feel like people haven't been leaving me voicemails because that address is just so long and it takes me many times and many takes to say so but please you know leave me a voicemail so please stay safe stay inside wash your hands and be well bandies thanks again for stopping by the band room (laughs) 